0: Welcome to Observe and Retort. Hi. My name is David. I'm Luna. And we are bringing you the news you missed this fortnight.
1: Yes. From
0: yes. week. What? Yeah. What? What weeks are we doing, Luna? You just well, said it. Like 22
1: and twenty-three. I'm pretty sure. There you go. Twenty-two and twenty-three. And we're so sorry for neglecting you this past week, but shit has been crazy, and uh, I was. About to have a meltdown if I was supposed to also do this. So she, David she was. was very nice, and said, "Well, let's just fucking do it next week then." That's what what he sounds like when he doesn't podcast. Yeah. And um, and here we are. So thank you for bearing with us.
0: It did take away one story, sadly. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, I've dropped. I've dropped a story. <gasps> I'm sure our listeners haven't heard of it, anyway. But. Uh, um, <laughs> There was an election in Peru with two crazy candidates. Okay. And I've dropped that as my story. But if anyone is interested, you should really go look up the two candidates in the Peruvian but what election. What
1: happened? What? No, I want to know.
0: I'll do you a apparently.
1: Very... I live under a rock.
0: I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much people pay attention to Peruvian elections,
1: but that's all we ever talk about. Obviously.
0: I would like to thank my mother for giving me this story. It was really great, and of I would course. have done it, but you know, I've just got a story that that was oh, stronger,
1: it? or mm.
0: I don't know if stronger. We'll see how we feel.
1: Well, I will take the responsibility for people not hearing that story. I apologize a million. That is, uh, I probably
0: wouldn't. I probably wouldn't do it justice. But in short, there is. So the way that the Peruvian elections work for the president is you have a whole bunch of candidates and then whoever comes first and second, assuming that they didn't win a majority the first time round, when there's like 30 candidates, whoever mm-hmm. comes first and second go into a runoff and then you only have those two choices. And the two people who came first were the fascist daughter of the former dictator who has Ooh. multiple corruption cases against her and a... School teacher from the countryside who is uh for, I mean, it's far right versus far left. Very oh, far right amazing. versus very far win? left. Currently, as we speak, it <gasps> is basically 50-50. There's a oh few percentage God. points different. But it was going to be a huge story. And I just felt like, you know, I could tell you all. Go read about it, because it's really interesting, while picking a slightly more light-hearted one for uh, what
1: You're turning what we the were... people against me, David. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I was not going to do the story know. justice.
0: I was like, you know what I can do justice to? Mm-hmm. A story about sex clubs. That's more in my wheelhouse.
1: Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Fuck that. Peru who? <laughs> Let's do the sex club Let's thing. do Copenhagen sex wrong. clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... Okay, let's get into it. No bullshit.
0: Okay. So. uh, This is also kind of cheating a little bit. I know we have banned topics, and I guess theoretically this is vaguely related to a banned topic, and I know that oh, I'm super strict on that, do? but mm. as Denmark reopens... Uh, the great reopening because of mm. this little thing that no one gives a shit the th- about. The thingy, the yeah. Pan, plan, 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 pan, dib Pandomics. Yes.
1: Yes. That, I believe that is the anyway, technical term. Mm-hmm.
0: As Denmark reopens, Danish journalists have wanted to tell stories about, you know, interesting little stories as things become more alive. Bars are started opening again. You're allowed to play sport. And one sport that was particularly interesting to Louise Fisher, a Danish journalist for Radio 4, is swinger clubs.
1: Oh, I think I know what you're going to. I think I saw a headline somewhere about, yeah, that. Okay, yes, I'm excited. I know nothing.
0: So, as part of the rules of now, here in Denmark, you are allowed to engage in organized sport. So, if you're a registered sports club, then you're allowed to meet in quite large groups and play football or, you know, whatever sport. Mm -hmm. And under that legislation, swingers clubs are now allowed to open again. So, Louisa Fisher, who is 26... Went to the reopening of Swingland, which is just outside Copenhagen. What the fuck? And she got fully immersed, conducting interviews while having sex with another guest. Oh, my God. On Radio 4 yes. Morning, this was a Monday morning at 8.40 a.m.
1: No, I don't want anybody to touch me before, like, 7 in the evening. No, that's not true. <laughs> what the okay so she went to a swingers club in the morning and had sex with somebody while interviewing them yes? yes yes just a normal monday yeah i reckon yeah okay
0: i'm actually not sure if it was i've listened to it but i wasn't sure if it was pre-recorded i think it was pre-recorded so was i guess having it a wasn't... good time
1: well was she, she says supposed to interview him and she was like, Well, this is going nowhere. Let's just ask him some questions like uh, She
0: says that it wasn't the best sex of her life, but maybe she'd give it another go. She to the said,
1: to the guy while they were fucking. No, she said this to,
0: <laughs> to the newspaper Build the German newspaper Bill okay. afterwards. Oh, okay. She said that the men in this club are very polite and very considerate. I felt like a goddess. They make you feel very special.
1: That's nice.
0: At one point she asked a man what he was seeing, and he replied A gorgeous woman who has not tried being in a swingers club before. The pair are also heard moaning as they have sex during the chat.
1: Please don't say that you're gonna show anything. I'm
0: not gonna but... I have
1: <laughs> And I have a little sample for you right now.
0: <laughs> I actually well I so how often do you feel... come? Here?
1: <laughs> like, you imagine that? <laughs> Oh, it would be so funny.
0: <laughs> I have very mixed feelings on this. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I will I I'll go through the details first, but then we can discuss because uh-huh. I'm not sure whether I think this is okay.
1: For whom? For Full you stop. or for the per- or for the people re- okay, yeah. Okay, we'll get into it. I'm I'm intrigued.
0: So yeah. Uh, Fisher explained that she spent several hours in the club, chatting at the bar over a glass of wine. Yes, yeah, so I think this was pre-recorded. Now that I reread my notes, um, it definitely was not at 8:40 in the morning. It was just broadcast at 8:40 in the morning. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, she said she hadn't planned to have sex during the interview, and that she wasn't pressured into it by her bosses or the guests. But for her, it's very natural. And then it relaxed the guests who had initially been hesitant to speak.
1: Oh, I bet. I bet it did.
0: And Tina Kurland, Radio 4's head of news, told uh, the Danish newspaper BT that the station supported Fisher's interview saying, I feel like I feel like I just think it's cool when the journalists try to make the stories in a different way. Sure. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're not convinced.
0: No, I kind of... So, yeah. Lastly, Fisher just... She said that there had been lots of different reactions. Mm-hmm. Her mum found the interview funny. And her dad thought it was really cool.
1: Well, but... I guess that's why she did this. She has those kind of parents, you know. She, I mean, that's beautiful. I,
0: I... And some social media users were more critical, of course... With Fisher saying, others think that I've crossed a line in journalism. Okay. So here's my thing. And I don't know. (laughs) I'm very uncertain on what I feel here. Mm -hmm. Okay. But my big issue here is consent. Now, it's not hers because she says clearly it wasn't that she was pressured by anyone. It was just she felt like it made sense. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like the people listening to the radio consented Uh, to be part of that.
1: But did they not say what was going to happen beforehand?
0: They gave a warning that the next report was explicit.
1: So they didn't know that what they're about to hear is a woman interviewing somebody while they're fucking? I don't (laughs) know. like uh, no but cuz if they said that like hey. okay so this is what this interview is about and you're going to hear that like right about uh now then it's like okay then you can turn that shit off but if it's like an ambush and it's like oh here's our new interesting segment they said it's...
0: that it was going to be very explicit they said that it was going to a swinger club so you know it's uh
1: then f- yeah
0: okay no but that's not here's the thing If this is, and I don't know what the answer is, right? I'm never going to be able to find out. Even if I asked, if I called up Louisa Fisher and I said, hey, what's the truth? She could say anything. I don't know whether for her or for the other people involved, there was something, some kind of a kink in them being on the radio to a whole bunch of people who were just listening to the radio. And okay. that's where I feel like that changes the concept of what has been, who who has been involved in a sex act who has consented to it.
1: Because Let somebody me... might have been fetishized without knowing? Is yeah, that... because
0: if you have a, look, y- you can have yeah. any kink you want. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do you. But
1: everybody has to be.
0: But everyone who's involved in, in the kink needs mm. to be consenting to it. Hmm. And that's where I feel like, I don't know, and maybe Fisher was purely, like, as she, it sounds like, maybe she was purely doing it as a journalistic thing, and maybe everyone in there was purely doing it as a... Like, oh, well, as they said, she's a gorgeous woman, so let's do it. But the moment that it's crossed the line to someone was actively... Had a kink around the fact that it was being broadcast to people who are just out there listening to the morning radio. Mm -hmm. That's where I feel uncomfortable.
1: Okay. But I think then you can say that with a lot of things. Like if you record somebody walking and it's like, oh, but somebody involved really loved feet and would like jerk off to feet and how like... Would they that didn't.
0: not make you uncomfortable? No, that's a, that's a perfect example. So if someone was filming sure. feet on the street, right? So they're just filming everyone who walks by.
1: Oh, so you're thinking that the people producing this has a kink, potentially, or might have a kink uh, yeah. about this? And because I'm just trying to follow.
0: I think that they, yeah, the people producing okay. this may have a kink about it.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's difficult to know. That's true.
0: Of course, it's difficult to know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but she said that she didn't plan on doing this, and she just kind of felt it in the moment, or yeah, okay. Which that's and you don't, you don't weird. trust that bitch. <laughs> 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 Look at you! <laughs> Look. I'm, <sorry.
0: laughs> I'm not saying
1: no. I I kid
0: I don't know whether I trust her. I don't know. Ooh. I feel. Again, it's an exploration. I'm not sure exactly. But the example of someone filming... If someone's filming on the street, right? And they're just filming for whatever. Yeah. Then you go ahead, you film my feet. Mm-hmm. If I was to find out that someone was filming my feet as I walked down the road for the purposes of masturbating to it, I would feel like I'd been dragged into something that I hadn't that consented I
1: understand. to. Yeah, totally. And no, that's
0: my I whole that. thing. There seems like... I can't possibly know. And I think separate. Well, let's get into it earlier. But so.
1: Yeah. But also anybody could masturbate to anything all the time. That's what Anybody I'm could
0: masturbate to anything. I was trying to think before. And they
1: do. When I was they making do. notes,
0: I was trying to think of what's something weird that I just don't give a shit about in a, not, or I do, but you know, a- I was thinking like, what if a. Okay. So the very, very obvious. <laughs> uh, the very, very <laughs> obvious example is. Getting violent anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's it's not about kink shaming as such, because if someone wants to masturbate wherever, cool, you do you. That's great. If someone's masturbating on a bus while looking at me, I feel oh, like I've been dragged into something, and I'm yeah. not that comfortable with it.
1: Obviously, yeah.
0: If I let's go with this um, completely innocent one. So there is a a woman at my work who, in an open office. She speaks very, very loudly on the phone. I'm taking something that's entirely non-sexual because people can have kinks for anything, right? Uh And that's the whole point. Now, her speaking very loudly on the phone and disrupting other desk workers is annoying, Mm. but it's fine. If I found out that she had a kink for annoying 15 people around her, and that's why she speaks super loudly on the phone, (laughs) i'd feel like i'd been dragged into something without my consent and i would have a lot more problems with it i'm just thinking
1: you would just like lean into it like yes fucking tell us about it charlotte (laughs) what did he say to you (laughs) what did that bitch say i mean it's it's just just sounds like you're very uncomfortable with kinks david
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not uncomfortable with kinks that's the whole point The whole point is (laughs) that your kink is totally fine as long as every aspect of it is consensual. And I feel like this risks crossing a line. I don't agree at all. I think, you know, look, crossing a line in journalism, that sounds, that's just fucking nonsense. This sounds like a cool journalistic piece. If they were doing a piece on skydiving and how, because sports clubs have reopened now, you're allowed to go skydiving... It would probably add if the journalist tried, it wouldn't fucking work because the mic would just be pure wind sounds. But if the journalist (laughs) tried to do a skydive and interview someone on the way down, you'd be like, cool. So I don't think that fundamentally this is crossing a line in journalism. I just feel that the nature of it makes me feel like it's more likely that there's someone's kink involved than skydiving. Probably people masturbate to skydiving. They probably do.
1: Oh, of course. I mean.
0: Do okay. I have this thought that they probably masturbate to the sound of me? to, of, to this, Wait. Do I think that they masturbate to the concept that I'm listening to them doing a skydive as they, you know, record for the radio? No. So maybe this is just my own discomfort at like. Being reminded (laughs) that it's a possibility that someone has a kink around this.
1: Sure, yeah. Because I I would feel
0: just as uncomfortable if it was a skydive and I knew someone was tugging it out to the thought of me hearing it. That would make me feel also weird as fuck. (laughs) I'm just less likely to have that thought because I don't go through my day-to-day life thinking... They're probably tugging it out to this.
1: That's not well. Welcome to being a woman, <laughs> walking down the fucking street in the morning, I, uh... picking out outfit you want to wear. It's like, oh, it's really fucking warm outside, but God forbid I you can just hint some nipple under this fucking shirt. Oh my god, I love summer, but I fucking hate summer. And sometimes I just sit and cry over my wardrobe because I just want to wear like something thin and like airy but it's like people will stare and men will comment on my body if I am comfortable out in the summer. That's all I have to say. I'm sorry, what were we talking about?
0: (laughs) Well, actually, sometimes I love just knowing what you'll say next. So it just means I can just hop up, I can set up a little tea and then just watch you smash it. Ah! So that I can have the natural thing to say, actually, that's something else I would like to discuss oh. her being a woman and that in the reactions I feel like there from what I've seen mm-hmm. there has been basically no slut shaming oh, and I feel nice. like that's a fundamental I'm, change from I'm 10 years ago I mean I'm and sure there was skeptic. some slut shaming right <laughs> I'm sure there So there has been, but it feels to me from looking, I've looked at newspaper stories about this from all over. I looked at ones in it hit the news in a big way. People were very excited. And I looked at a story from Brazil. I looked at a story from the UK. I looked at the Danish news. And you looked at the
1: comments? (laughs) Or you looked at the stories? I looked,
0: okay. I didn't look at the comments on the Daily Mail. But I looked at the Brazilian comments. Okay, And I looked at the comments on the Metro. Uh, And they were Very reasonable
1: That's nice And very surprising
0: And that So A question to you If it was a man who had been recording this Mm -hmm. Do you think That you would feel It was More likely anyway That he had a kink around it or that like my uncomfortable feeling Mm. at this kink potential Mm -hmm. kink i don't i don't know how to even put it into terms
1: Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. do you want my answer
0: yeah sure go ahead i dive in
1: what i would feel was that um because what we're used to is um seeing everything through a male gaze and male lens anyway so I would be like okay what is like groundbreaking for you I guess uh, but I, I don't know I mean
0: hearing someone fucking on the morning radio is still pretty groundbreaking
1: sure, <laughs> Whether, sure. whatever
0: gender they are it's still a
1: yeah. gentle surprise at 8.40 in would, the morning I would still turn it off I don't want that shit in my ear in the morning <laughs> Also secretly, I'm very prudish, like not in my opinions, but when it comes down to it, I don't want to hear anybody moan on my like. Look, I'm, I'm not into that. Like, that's just me. Aggressively I, vanilla over here. I Respect people doing it and want to listen to it. I just have some deep seated, like, issues from I don't. I guess I don't know. Long back, but uh, and that's the thing. Maybe <laughs> I'm
0: just too vanilla. Maybe I'm just not I, I recognizing.
1: Vanilla. I. I mean, I would love to just act like I'm all. Um, like, see, I don't even know the word. I'm like, uh, what? Is- <laughs> I, you can't I, say loose like because the then people the think. I yeah. like it, and I. I listened to a podcast on this orgasm cult, and then you would hear like people orgasm like, what? Well, like as a part of the. As the of the reporting and everything and like you get used to it. But in the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, if I was like around anybody right now, I would be so uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's just me. And I bet a lot of people feel like this. And I get like I feel so foolish and so like silly for feeling this way because I just want to be like, whatever. It's all good. And I'm super chill and breezy with all of that. But I do get like, oh, they're, they're, they're doing that. The, wow! Wowza! Just going at it, like probably I wouldn't care if Jens was there, like whatever. But if it, it I don't know. It's just like, and you are not really, if you're not really ready for that. I probably should have been because it was called the orgasm cult. Anyway, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> it was a very good podcast. I recommend it. It's from BBC. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, but I do feel like if if it was a man. Um, I, I think know. people would
0: be quicker To assume he was a pervert
1: I think you're right about if that If it was too. a man Mm-hmm.
0: And maybe they'd be right I don't know There's a lot maybe, of I don't knows yeah. in this story I don't know whether I'm just a prudish piece of shit Who's limiting this woman's <laughs> options Maybe that's all I am
1: We can be prudes together <laughs> I, I do think that Obviously we think men are more gross Because that's what we see and hear more of And who's I mean also they kind of feel uh, as a pattern more entitled to be gross and be very sexually aggressive so i feel like that's a pattern and uh, i don't I, I don't need that i watch enough bullshit that's through male gaze so i don't know i don't mm, i don't mm, no it's going to be a no from me dog <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Uh, but that's obvious. Like that's very much just my personal opinion. It's probably it would probably also be interesting and like I it- mean... also it's so much about what what is the question about? Like what are what is the interview about? What are they talking about? What's the what's the vibe? What's the everything? I don't know.
0: And that's the thing. I don't.
1: <sighs> that would be a, probably maybe just a hint of a feeling of I feel like this man is taking advantage of a woman. But of course, then if she consented to everything and was very much aware of it, then it's fine and everything. I just still, ugh, I don't know.
0: See, it's just complete. it's not where my my issue is entirely just on the the, the, the consent matter the and where does the thing, yeah, no, like it. it's the consent issue but then I just don't mm-hmm. know where that uh, I don't know where the line is drawn on no. if someone told me they'd
1: I don't know.
0: <laughs> I'm trying I mean, to think. No, this this is another potential thought, right? So, this may be very different. And well, just if someone told me that they'd masturbated to my Facebook profile, then I would be pretty fucking uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. How? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so just don't tell me, Luna. Whatever you're <laughs> fucking doing, okay? This is awkward. Keep it to your fucking self,
1: anyway. <laughs> It is fun, though, making you uncomfortable. <laughs> so I will always... I'm a hypocrite. For real. Oh, my God. I don't want but to then... know how many people fucking had a good time to any of the shit I did. But Yeah. Um...
0: And that's... Maybe what's different there is that's very specifically like one person. Like, that's very specifically about the person. And maybe this is just generally to the public. But I still feel... Also, I think quite a lot about... Hosting this podcast, I think quite a lot about how our listeners who give, you know, us free access to their ears, like we mm-hmm. have a certain responsibility there, and it's kind of weirdly intimate.
1: It is intimate, yeah.
0: Like listening on headphones in your personal time to mm-hmm. two dickheads talk about the news is a I mean, weirdly We owe you
1: everything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it's there's some responsibility to us I- of caring for those ears that are listening to us. I've rejected stories on the basis that they were so disgusting mm. that I was just like, I don't think that's me respecting our audience's ears.
1: And that's <laughs> Which I think choice. is yeah.
0: probably surprising to our audience when they know some of the stories that we have brought, at least I have brought. That, yeah. that I do have a line that I... I've chosen to not cross considering other horrible disgusting sure. stories I've bought in the book. Po- but yeah. Anyway, that's just kind no, of No, but
1: I agree. Actually, today I I I was going to do a weekly what the fuck and then I was like, no, this is fatphobic. I don't like it. It was like a crazy story, but I was like, I don't I don't like the tone of this, so I don't think I should go there. I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want to do that.
0: <clears throat>
1: yeah. What? Are you, what? Oh, oh it's, it's <laughs> there is a bike.
0: It's a motorbike <laughs> apology.
1: I was like, you did you make sound effects for it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, do you have more? should we move on to mine? No,
0: I think we should move on. I think that's okay. a perfect. My that was a
1: very. It's a very interesting one. It's also I'm I I feel this is one of the the stories where somebody would tell me, but this and this and this, and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's what I think. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I am not set in my ways about it and I I don't know I on this podcast I always really want to go about all of the important aspects of it and then I can be almost overwhelmed that I didn't say all the things or like see all the the nuances and everything so like if anybody has anything to say about this that you feel we do Neglected like, or anything then like feel free to contact us on Instagram or uh, yeah I, I would want to hear what people think about it um because I think it's I think it's great that people are pushing the envelope with this and like I
0: don't want to yeah. hear what people think I'm assuming that the people <laughs> who reach out that's that their kink is up. <laughs> I'm assuming that you have a kink for correcting podcast hosts <laughs> and I don't want to be part of that I'm not consenting to it so reach out on instagram luna will get it and i can safely stay away from you goddamn perverts
1: (laughs) Uh, i I I like how one minute i say
0: how much i respect the audience and i'm really considering their needs and literally 60 seconds later i'm like you're all goddamn perverts (laughs)
1: it's i'm sure it's fine yeah they they know you they know things okay
0: so hit me with your story
1: i also kind of have a a a discussion topic today okay i i kind of wanted to hear what you thought about this so i'm gonna get into it and then we're gonna have a little talky talk afterwards okay the headline is, more than half of Europeans want to replace lawmakers with AI, study says. So this is from CNBC.com. Uh, the dude is Sam, or the person is Sam Shed. I don't know what their deal is. Anyway, a study has found that a majority of Europeans would like to switch out members of parliament with algorithms. So researchers at IE University Center for the Governance of Change asked 2,769 people from 11 11 countries worldwide how they would feel about reducing the number of national parliamentarians in their country and then uh, give those seats to an AI that would have access to their data instead. Nope. Just so already.
0: Just just nope. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, <laughs> no thank. Right. Right. <laughs> so so Please nope. Don't. So nope. Just nope. Anyway. The, okay, and it's not like a huge majority. The results shows that fifty one percent of Europeans said they were in favor of the move. Like. So it's not a okay. it's a it's a lot of people but it's still
0: do, do they have the exact wording of the question? No.
1: So that's the thing okay. we're also going to get into because that's also the problem with news like this is that or surveys because it's like oh do you want it to be changed with AI and it's like no specification of what that entails what that looks like what like and that's the problem it like it I guess um that it did, it did tell them that the seats uh, would be switched out with an AI that would have access to their data. And if that isn't, like, nope enough for you, like, yeah. I, that would just be like, ah, mm, I'm good. But the thing is, David, that so many people don't give a fuck about their data being in everybody's hands. Like, so, also in Denmark, like, so many people just don't care. Yeah. They don't understand what it actually means, or they just... They're like, I have nothing to hide, so I don't care. And it's like, girl, you're missing the point. Anyway.
0: Yeah, completely.
1: (laughs) Anyway. Um, So this Oscar Johnson, academic director at this University Center of the Governance of Change, uh, and he is one of the report's main researchers, he says that for decades there has been unsurprisingly uh, a decline of belief in democracy and that makes sense because you know the increased political polarization and the filter bubbles and information splintering and everything like it's not a fucking big revelation that people have no faith in government um so and we don't really know what the MPs are doing. We don't really know what you know what's going on. We just know that people are greedy, and yeah. uh, that's what we see. Yeah. So the study found that the idea was particularly popular in Spain, where sixty-six percent of people surveyed supported it. Fifty-nine um, percent of the respondents in Italy were in favor, and fifty-six percent of people in Estonia. And uh, it wasn't all of the countries that loved the idea. Um, uh, Also because that, you know, machines can be hacked or act in a way that humans don't want them to. So that's also why some people don't want that happening. In the UK, 69% of people surveyed were against the idea. And 56% were against the idea in the Netherlands and 54% in Germany. Uh, Outside of Europe, some 75% of people surveyed in China supported the idea of replacing parliamentarians with AI, while 60% of American uh, people opposed it, or the people surveyed. So there's a lot of different opinions. Uh, Also, like, generationally... Younger people found it to be like a better idea to do this than okay. old, older people. Yeah, that's weird. A little bit, but then again, I don't know if, if younger generations just have more faith in in that kind of things. Maybe older people like I. Oh, I any? I don't, do. I have to operate it. What's the what does it say, Karen? I don't know. Now I'm being very judgmental, <laughs> but. <laughs> I don't know. It could be many things, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um yeah, I I very much want to hear what you what you think about this. Um because obviously I don't want anybody having access to my data. I mean, but the problem I...
0: is, sorry, go ahead.
1: Uh no, no, you go. It's fine.
0: The problem is that The it entirely, like, any algorithm entirely depends on the data that goes into it.
1: hmm
0: And where is that data coming from? How is it being used? Biased like,
1: people. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: And the benefit of politicians, as bad as they may be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that you can say to them, like, you can, you can argue with them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even if they are very, very stuck in their ways, you are still capable of arguing with them.
1: But I guess technically you can just change an algorithm. Yeah, you can change
0: the information that's going in. But it's still very much like it's much closer to a black box than... uh, It's much harder to argue with an algorithm, right? (laughs) It's much easier for people to say, oh, well, that's just the data.
1: But when did it fucking work arguing with a politician anyway?
0: Occasionally. I'm not saying it's perfect. You can also get rid of them <laughs> very easily. You can also understand much more simply. Like when it comes to voting, uh-huh. it's easier to understand the difference between this politician in purple and this politician in green who you've listened to speak for 20 minutes than it is to say here's algorithmic option A and here's algorithmic option B. Which Mm -hmm. one do you think is best for us going forward? Or this is the data set that we're going to use or this is the data set that we're going to use and making Mm -hmm. a choice between those two is so much harder than... Voting for a politician.
1: (laughs) If I had just,
0: if I have two algorithms, right? And I say, (laughs) okay, so instead of voting for a politician, you're going to vote for your politicians, but they'll only make up 30% of the legislative body. And then you, as a voter, need to choose which algorithm are we going to use going forward to judge how we allocate funding to different municipalities.
1: But are you not able to kind of just squeeze the, the whole chest out of it? Oh, sorry. Like, the whole... Like, what that's going to mean, or what the effect you of the...
0: theoretically thing. can, mm. but it's easier with a politician, and there's more consequences for the politician okay. than it is okay. to go... Because otherwise, you're actually not... If you already know the results in advance, then you're not governing by algorithm. You're mm-hmm. governing by... Uh, I mean, it's just a a more Athenian democracy, right? Like, Mm -hmm. in Switzerland, they vote for specific policies and they get the whole country to vote and say, we want this or this. If you know in advance, this algorithm's going to give more money to poor people and this algorithm's going to have more money to trickle down from the top, then you're Mm -hmm. voting for a policy. You're not voting for an algorithm, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So in that scenario, selecting between the algorithms is way harder for an average member of the public and i would say even a well above average member of the public will struggle so much more than you would with picking a politician
1: but i and i agree uh, i let the record show that i i do not want (laughs) robots with all of our information um but i i did read some comments uh in the reddit comment section for this article because i mean what the fuck of course yeah <laughs> i'm no silly person um and there were some interesting arguments there was one person who wrote uh let me see bah, bah, bah. the algorithm takes in uh, accident data like this is a kind of a like where they compare an open source algorithm for yeah. fixing potholes with an elected politician's yeah. uh, politician. And I didn't like take the whole thing because it was kind of long, but yeah. I, I hope I kind of capture the the essence of it. So it says, the algorithm takes in accident data and assigns repairs to the places who need it most. Maybe he gets it wrong, but that's fine because 20 other people are running the algorithm on their home machines, improving it and demonstrating that it can be approved. Compared to the politician who takes in the data and probably assigns potholes repairs for his own neighborhood, the next on the list is his donors' areas. And if they want to be re-elected, they assign repairs to public streets that aren't really too damaged. And when people ask about the politician, uh, like when they ask about this, the politician hides behind privacy rules, blah, 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 and it goes on. Like this kind of... Okay, like, so I mean,
0: Im- immediately... It's uh-huh. based on re- accident report data. Yeah. If you are in a poorer area, let's say, uh, due to excessive cost, you can't pay for insurance. Due to the fact that you have a piece of shit car anyway, it, it's another dent in the car. So you are like, well, what difference does it make? Those two reasons... Could immediately mean people are less likely to report an accident. Or maybe you're just used to 30 years of the police or your local services not really responding. So you go, what the fuck is the point in me telling the council? The council doesn't do anything for this area. They don't care. Mm
1: -hmm. So over time... But if the the policies changed and they knew that it was algorithm-based, do you think that would change anything?
0: I don't think enough. I mean, whereas it's getting the data from historical, right? So then the already richer and better serviced area has loads more accident reports because the police are much faster to get out there. So they come and write down about point. reports. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, The council is already more active because there's a lot more taxpayers in that area. So they they have more record. So over time... And as people get used to, well, we don't get help with the potholes anyway. They just stop bothering reporting. You would soon find that the algorithm is encouraging inequality or inequity rather than reducing it. And that
1: is really it. what we've seen so far with other, yeah. you know, algorithms. And... In
0: the so,
1: yeah,
0: in like... the UK, because yeah. they chose to not give, not do exams due to, you know, we've already mentioned the banned topic once. So due to Corona, they didn't do exams for students. Uh, Uh For like 16, the exams you take at 16 and the exams you take at 18. They stopped doing those last year. And they calculated with an algorithm who should get what results. So they looked at what your teachers had predicted you and they looked at how well your school had done historically. And they gave you a result based on that. That means if you went to a really shitty school in a shitty area and you were really good your result was getting artificially dragged down because your school had a history of poor results. Mm. And you might have been the first one from that school to go to an elite university, but you didn't get the chance because they did it by algorithm. Whereas a very expensive private school where they have a long track record of success, maybe you're actually a pretty shitty student that year, but because of that track record of success, you would have got dragged up. Yeah. In the end they got when that happened they defended it a lot by saying it's an algorithm and acting as if it's neutral eventually they got rid of it because there was such a big outcry.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it's a very flawed process and it reflects the people also programming it and I mean the fucking was it Google where oh I don't oh it's just uh where I think like black some black people were like categorized categorized as monkeys and shit like it was so fucking yeah. terrible and amazon tried ai in their recruiting process and it became sexist because of the unconscious bias uh exactly from, like it's so flawed and also it's funny because we we hear about ai all the time and it's like ooh, it's on the up and coming. but it, when when it comes down to it we're so like we're not that far it's it's still so bad (laughs) like it's not nearly like any place near ready to have any real importance of this kind like no yeah no no
0: you'd have to be able to have a truly clean slate Mm. for it to to function and the issue is it's impossible for us to create a truly clean slate It's like when people talk in the U.S. about, uh, oh, I mean, obviously we all know it's nonsense, right? But they (laughs) talk about how racism as a historical matter. Mm -hmm. And they talk about the Civil Rights Act and the laws that have been in place for however long. And you go, well redlining happened until the 1960s, right? People, yeah. black people weren't given mortgages and they yeah. weren't allowed to live in certain areas. And the areas that they did live in, if they were able to get a mortgage, the house prices didn't increase at the same rates because it was an undesirable area. Yeah. It had too yeah. much pigment in it. Yeah. Realistically, the impact of that is going to continue for centuries. Because of course, if your parents have money, if your parents have... Being able to get... If your great-grandfather had enough money to send your grandfather to university, Mm -hmm. then you have both in pure financial terms, but also in uh, more esoteric like capacity terms, Mm. a greater ability to navigate the world. Of
1: course. Generational wealth is...
0: But, like, forgetting wealth, just generational knowledge. Sure. If you think about... So, with uh, negotiating for pay, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's something that I see all the time. That people who've had parents who work in high places Mm. in a corporate environment are so much stronger... Like, the fact that my stepfather has been a project manager on huge projects in like construction projects means that I can call him and ask what should I be negotiating for and he can push me so much further than if my parents had been from like had earned significantly less or had worked in a different environment
1: yeah yeah definitely and that's
0: a massive privilege to be able to get that kind of advice that actually if my parents had no money at all and they'd lost it all on lottery tickets they could still give generational advice that would be a huge advantage Mm. and each time i walk into a salary negotiation i know i'm gonna do so much better than the person whose parents were mechanics or bus drivers for no justifiable reason they can be anyway this is a Turned into a very big rant. (laughs) Fuck this idea.
1: (laughs) But I understand what you're saying. And if people want to know more about this uh, inequality and like how basically black people in the U.S. are fucked over. The documentary The 13th is on Netflix. And it's really fucking good. And yeah. Yeah. It's just a good watch. And I learned a lot from it. Whew.
0: I have one more you- algorithm thing. Just quick. <laughs> hey, because sure. I think it's a good example of... Like, when people talk about... what When they talk about sharing their data and they go, Well, I've got nothing to hide. Well, I don't really care. You know, how many steps can be judged from a very, very small amount of data?
1: Mm.
0: Target the American uh, supermarket.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But this applies to anywhere. So if you any supermarket that has, like, a membership thing, yeah, the reason that they have it is because they want to track your purchases and recognize what kind of shopper you are and abuse that to sell you more things.
1: Mm -hmm. So A lot of people are okay with that. Yeah. They just want people to know what, like, to tell them what they want and need. And it's like, oh my God, how'd you know? I love it.
0: So a very, a relatively famous example of that was Target sent a... 16 or 17 year old girl congratulations on your pregnancy here's material whatever
1: Oh, a bunch of material
0: because she'd bought stuff that made them know she was pregnant before she did
1: that's overstepping no what before she knew
0: and the parent of this you know young woman was disgusted and really angry uh and said this is crazy why would you send this material to my child and it turned out she actually was she'd been buying things that were highly predictive of you are pregnant
1: oh my god what if she wouldn't have known
0: yeah so there's so
1: many layers (laughs) i just
0: That's That's what's capable of. And if you imagine that's just from one person's like shopping, like from some purchases, they were able to say this person is pregnant. The (laughs) amount of data that is (laughs) out there right now. Yeah. For, you know, from your doctor, from the government, from your emails, et cetera, means people can predict your life to such a shocking degree. Oof. That they would have insight into things That you wouldn't want them to have insight Whether or not you're breaking the law You probably don't want everything Out in the world yeah. Like that your 17 year old daughter Is pregnant
1: And with those words
0: It's time To move on to our <gasps> Weakie Fortnightly
1: <gasps> wonderful. <What? laughs> <laughs>
0: That was, that was super smooth, right? Let's, let's see if I can Beautiful do it better. Beautiful timing, Two To have been fortnightly...
1: fortnightly. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, that, was, that was perfect.
0: I don't know what you're saying. That was... You're
1: fucking it up, man. That
0: was so smooth. Yeah. No one no. will notice. The
1: that. more we do it, the more it's just gonna, you know, come naturally. I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, do you have any weekly what the fucks?
0: I have uh just one i picked it for a very specific reason because previously was that last episode or the episode before i described the state of uttar pradesh in india as the florida of <laughs> india
1: Yes. Uh.
0: and so i saw a whole bunch of what the fucks and maybe some of them were better but you know what this is the one i'm going with this is my one Because I want to take us back to Uttar Pradesh (laughs) Yeah And tell you that a bride collapsed And died At her wedding (gasps) The groom Then married the woman's sister With her dead body Lying in the next room
1: Shut the fuck up
0: Yeah Yeah so the families just agreed that I, the man I, would I, marry the woman's younger sister instead. Uh, because you know what? Women are fundamentally replaceable. Okay. <laughs> swap one in, swap one if out. You didn't. It's know. fucking. Oh, my it's simple.
1: Goodness. David. I know. <laughs> what?
0: Yeah. So uh, Uttar Pradesh. It's,
1: wow. Uh, should we An just
0: exciting place. Only
1: do weekly <laughs> with the fuck's from there, because wow, and it's always at weddings. Like their weddings are action-packed. Yeah. Is yeah. the word? Yeah. Wow. Damn.
0: So, yeah, it, Indian marriages, even among the lower classes, are expensive affairs where even the poorest of the poor have to organize lavish functions in the yeah. name of family honor. Oh. So they didn't yeah. want to waste it.
1: everyone's already here must go on yeah
0: yeah drag her through to the next room and let's get to it
1: oh god yeah oh my god she she fucking died yeah i'm so i mean i'm like yeah okay cultures and like in our way isn't necessarily the perfect way blah 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 all that but she fucking died and they put her in the room next door and then the the guy married the sister this is some days of our life shit okay (laughs) Okay,
0: apparently funerals aren't as lavish because you know if you wanted to roll it into a different ceremony surely you would just be like okay now it's a funeral
1: uh, that's that's, the way to go yeah anybody i saw a coffin out back yeah we just yeah a twofer, a two and one. Yeah, everybody wins except for the bride, obviously. That's terrible. Oh, honey. The, the
0: new bride or the old bride?
1: Well, We've I got guess to, We gotta be specific, because... <laughs> <laughs> I do not know what the what this, the. The the sister, the bri- the the new bride. I don't know the live one. Uh, I don't know how she feels about it. I mean, I, wa- I wonder how she feels about it.
0: Lose a sister, gain a husband.
1: I mean, yeah, sure. Again, I cannot follow women are replaceable, I <laughs> so <laughs> I sounds
0: this. like an upgrade. That's all I'm hearing.
1: Oh my God.
0: I think Ooh. that I'm going to get more comments on this than I am about uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> the swinger I think club. I think...
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't Isn't kink your... shame. But he's a misogynistic piece of shit.
1: (laughs) uh, Let's get into it. Oh, my God. That's me. That's me.
0: I'm done. Uh, (laughs) Please tell me.
1: Having this little show with you. Thank you for your contribution.
0: (laughs) What is your (gasps) weekly what the fuck?
1: An Italian artist auctioned off an invisible sculpture for... $18,300 and it is made of literally nothing.
0: Beautiful. John Cage reimagined.
1: I mean, Uh. it's the most beautiful thing I ever saw. So, the the artist Salvatore Garau, I, I guess, I don't know, says that it is a work that asks you to activate the power of the imagination. And I, yeah, But my imagination says that, that's, that's, that's a white square on a floor. Mm. (laughs) So, huh. I mean.
0: Do you, do you know John Cage?
1: It's
0: a composer who made a song, uh, a full performance called four minutes and 33 seconds. Where a full orchestra walks out onto the stage. They sit down. The composer stands up, prepares, and then waits for four minutes and 33 seconds. And then they all stand up and walk off.
1: What? It's a fucking banging
0: song. Like, it's great. It really, it's a peak.
1: Wait, so there is no music?
0: Nothing at all. Complete silence. They all just walk out, and then they all just walk off.
1: And what's the point? Art, and I got art. You guys, art. Okay, you don't get it. You don't get it. Why do you hate art? I actually
0: feel like it's kind of great. I don't think this new I... guy is kind of great. I feel like the, you know, the original version is in itself entertaining enough and challenging, and does make you question what qualifies as art, which really.
1: Sure. But it's just a great such artistic. A it's so easy to say this is art, this is just invisible. Use use your imagination. Like I I get that as something that I does agree. not get sold for money. Like, okay, then make that that and then you know acknowledge that the second
0: time it happens, I agree. The he's first made so time. many of
1: these. They're literally like I think at least three. In February this year at the Piazza della Scala in Milan. The this artist exhibited Buddha in contemplation, a alleged piece, uh, a similarly invisible sculpture uh, that was marked by a square of tape on a cobblestone walkway. You're welcome. Enjoy this riveting. I mean, art. I think
0: it's great. Look at that level. I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast before or just discussed or decided that I would do it at some point in the future about how much of the high-level art scene is just money laundering.
1: Right. Okay. (laughs) So
0: if, say, you've made a shit ton of money from drug dealing or you're a billionaire who has money that they want to hide from the tax man,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: if you buy... A stupidly expensive piece of art you can then use that as a replacement for storing cash
1: oh we should have like a little tip spot on this podcast (laughs) where (laughs) you just tell people how to avoid taxes and shit
0: (laughs) So look, if if fucking idiot billionaires are willing to spend on a square of masking sure. tape...
1: Go get it. Yeah, sure.
0: And you... I do think, so, one of my favorite pieces of art, and it's only because it was first, is Marcel Duchamp, back in 1917, made one of the most controversial pieces of modern art ever, and arguably one of the first truly modern art pieces, when he wrote a name on a uh, oh, this uh, word str- I struggle with because Americans and Brits say it differently. I never remember which way I'm supposed to say it. But a urinal, oh,
1: like so.
0: <laughs> urinal. 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 A urinal. One of them's British and one of them's American. And I don't know which urinal? one I, I'm saying right. I
1: have never heard that in my life. Urinal then is Then I'm going to go American. with
0: urinal. That's the one I'm picking.
1: I'm not rinal. You're rinal.
0: Anyway... He just wrote a name on it and then was like, This is art. This is now art.
1: Was it whose name was it?
0: It was a uh, R. Mutt, I think he put on it. I can't actually remember. Yeah, I think it was R. Mutt.
1: That's groundbreaking.
0: Uh, It was groundbreaking. It made people go, What the fuck qualifies as art?
1: I mean, David, do you remember when we went to Louisiana together? louisiana being a,
0: a modern art museum outside of copenhagen there was it's this wonderful
1: exhibition with i don't know i think we may have talked about this before the painter not the paint the, no, the, no, fucking...
0: the name of the piece of the uh-huh. video piece it was called oh. the painter
1: oh the painter okay yeah yeah okay you <laughs> this really
0: of course i remember <laughs> yeah.
1: why would i, mean, I not it's remember into my imagination in my fucking consciousness forever yeah it's these people with huge kind of paper mache kind of prosthetic hands and feet and they're just shoving shit into orifices like what what it what, what what happened
0: it was more than that
1: oh, oh firstly okay firstly okay mm. i don't appreciate you it are like you appreciate it <laughs>
0: Firstly, you're talking about it, like, four years later. Yeah. So, clearly it had an impact. Isn't that kind of the point? Secondly, if you're...
1: Just any impact will do, and that's great.
0: Secondly, Ah. it was a satirical comment on Modern Art. It was fucking great.
1: We had a good time.
0: (laughs) It was a whole documentary, apart from the fact that the people in it were like these weird paper mache nonsense Muppets, but about an artist or a painter who made beautiful art. And then there was like a sequence where he was going on a TV show and being interviewed about his art. And there really? was this, there was this whole journey of... I it was a documentary about this guy becoming... But there
1: was shit in all of it, right? <laughs> I
0: feel like... Not in all it of was... it. In a significant amount. Okay. The, the twist of this mockumentary about this artist who was clearly widely respected was that he was just painting with human shit and (laughs) it was just absolute nonsense he was just throwing shit at walls and then there were all of these like difference it was a great piece
1: what was it called again people can google it if they. (laughs) i don't think you're
0: gonna i can't remember who made it but it was called the painter okay um this
1: is an outrageous episode (laughs) <laughs> we have everything, but I think this, it was. This week.
0: Uh, I think it was German. So whatever the painter is in German,
1: Oh sure, yeah.
0: yeah I yeah. don't. I'm sure.
1: <laughs>
0: I know some of our listeners speak German, so. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. I I know one. Whatever Nina, the painter, no, is <laughs> in German. Person.
0: <laughs> please do find that wonderful art piece so uh, that we can share it with the world because it was groundbreaking and rectum breaking it was proof
1: and with those words
0: (laughs) and on that note
1: oh my god oof what a a week what a show thank you for listening to Observe and Retort this week we're so happy that you're still with us maybe you're new and welcome in that case you can follow us on Instagram and uh, please review us wherever you want to review us and have the ability to. I mean, we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm I'm going to cut your mic now at this, at this stage. Uh,
1: that, yeah, we talked about it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you yeah, for listening. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week.